Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. My dad's not here right now. He's still at work. So I'm going to bless him. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I'm going to see if there's a clean version so then my parents and the people at my school will not get mad at me. We've got the spritzer filled with water just in case if stuff gets too fire. I'm going to set up the speaker and I'm going to listen to Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I think this is the best Mike Shope feature that I've heard in a long time. I think his flow is really good on it, and I like his aggressiveness on it. And the bulldog put not enough effort in it. I think overall his flow was good, but I don't like that mobile wrapping. That was my review of Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Didn't need the spritzer. Wasn't fire enough. No spritzer for you. No spritzer. Ugh. I. I heard. I hardly even want to start talking. Last night was so utterly depressing. What a what a what a what a horrific what a horrific outing for the hometown hockey team we had last evening. Ten to four? Ten to four. Ten? Ten goals? Were you trying? Holy cow, what a brutal night to watch <laughs> to watch the Sabres, especially considering the stakes hey good afternoon i am the bulldog well don't worry spirits will lift as we go this is uh you know supposed to be a an enjoyable exercise but man i, I i'm I, it strikes me uh you know personally i know for those of you in the audience i mean you're you're hopefully just here you know day to day uh in and out whenever uh, intermittently and so you're not like keeping a scorecard uh but it it it, it was just two weeks ago that I was sitting here on a on a snowy Friday afternoon, uh, energized to like pre Sabers drought levels of excitement by the win they'd had in overtime the night before in Tampa, Labushkin, all the all the fun that that game was, uh, you know the refs. It was just it was a fun. You know I I spent the most of that day by myself. Mike had that day off as he does have today. Uh, and Nate Geary is ill. He was supposed to join me today, but he's under the weather. So uh, just myself and Zach Jones and Joe Kelly were hanging out uh, here today. And you know, we'll bring Zach in here and, and make him a part of the, the, the show here because he's got help there with, uh, with Joe Kelly producing uh, the program. And I was so energized just two weeks ago. And, you know, I know there's a lot of hockey games between then and, and, and now. And it hasn't gone real well. I mean, it just obviously has not gone. You just heard Joe say it. Five out of six. They've dropped now three in a row. 
and just a, a huge thud. I, I, I know that, you know, you heard Granado say it, you know, a loss is a loss. I think what he's telling you there is, you know, this doesn't count double uh, in the standings, just like if you win 10-4, to it doesn't get you more than two points in the standings. Um, but, man, I, there there is one disturbing trend with this team that I want to talk about here at the outset. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that in, in, in just a moment. Um, just to, to give you the lay of the land here, um, Jason Moser, who runs a gambling-centric site called Puck Luck, uh, has become a very good resource if you're you know, you know, active on FanDuel or whatever your gambling app of choice is. Um, you know, just giving you, you know, best bets, even like starting lineups, injury news, starting goaltenders, which can be important if you're, um, you know, putting together a plan for uh, an evening of NHL wagering. He tweeted just a little while ago, and I retweeted uh, this information. Here's some, here's some, here's some facts for you. Okay, uh, here's what Jason tweets: with the playoff points cutoff now projected at 94. Okay, that that's projected. It could change. There could be some variance, but, you know, so, you know, how, you know, that's a fact for right now. It could change. The Sabres would need, if if indeed the cutoff is 94 points, the Sabres would need to win, wait for it, 13 of their remaining 18 games to reach 94 points. Or, you know, you want to look for loser points along the way, a 72% point percentage in these last 18 games. Um, I'm, I'm not prepared, Jason, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the work. He lists the opponents. I'm not going to read them off to you, uh, and try to pick out where the Sabres could get those 13 wins in 18 games. I just can't imagine them putting together that kind of a stretch. I mean, it it would need, you know, a couple, uh, of, you know, win five out of six type stretches without the gaps in between of losing five out of six like they're mired in right now. So, you know, as much as we have not wanted to uh, declare the chase for a wild card playoff spot in the Eastern Conference of the NHL this year over, uh, and I, I it still is not appropriate to say it's over, Boy, that's a tough hill to climb. I think that is just a very, very big ask uh, for this group, considering where they're at and how they look right now. And I, I know from night to night, they can give you, you know, a, ve- a very, a very different look. You know, they haven't been, you know, necessarily all terrible in this stretch. I mean, I, I kind of liked them against Edmonton. They just couldn't score. Um, you know, they, they probably got screwed on Long Island, but it's not like they deserved a better fate. They didn't have a good night. And last night was just a, just a disaster. All all kinds of questions to ask. How in the world does a team with three goalies that they're rotating leave a guy in to give up ten goals? <laughs> How does that even happen? I know there's there's an explanation within that. Granado talked about it last night, unprompted. He was never even asked. I could not believe that he wasn't asked. But he, he towards the end of his uh, media scrum last night. Uh, he just sort of volunteered, you know, that the game got the five to three in the third period, and you know we had thought about making a move on Comrie earlier in the game, but now it's it's five three, and maybe we've got some life. And then the next thing you know, like over the ensuing, I think it's eleven minutes or so, uh, <laughs> the bottom just completely fell out. I mean, I'm I'm chuckling here, um, 
in part because look, I'm 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 bummed out about where they are as far as the standings go right now. Um, but I'm I'm still it, d- despite how disappointing last night is, and and we'll see. Maybe we can together um, sort of flesh out how much concern there should be about what I am about to raise as, as my, as my, my issue, my troubling trend, uh, with this team. Uh, but you know, I, I was into this a little bit on Twitter last night too. And you know, that can be a tough place to try to, um, to be positive when the hockey team has just lost 10 to four, <laughs> but like, I, you know, I, I get a lot of, you know, oh, yo, it's always the same. You guys are carrying water for the team. And, you know, it's been 11 years. It's going on 12. This is terrible. Ownership change. Like, you know, the usual sort of grab bag of, um, you know, hot takes and aggravation that, you know, manifests itself in, in various ways. And um, so I'm, I'm sort of sifting through that in, in last night and in, in trying to respond um, you know, to a few and to say, like, look, big picture, I, I'm, I'm still good over here. Like, I, I am. I, I, I believe in a lot of what is going on here. And the inexperience they've got on this team will get you some, you know, uneven efforts and crooked results. And I think, you know, we just got to kind of learn to, to, to live through that. And also – sort of process and deal with maybe the air coming out of the Sabres ending the playoff drought balloon that we've all been sort of, you know, bopping around, if you will, like a beach ball at a concert. Like, just trying to, don't let it hit the ground! Don't let it hit the ground! I don't know. We, we need, it's like a diving volleyball save the point attempt now to keep the beach ball in the air right now, it feels like to me, because, you know, those numbers from, uh, again, from Jason Moser, 72% point percentage, 13 out of 18 wins uh, down the stretch here. Just, that just does not seem really likely for even maybe, you know, a much more accomplished, much more veteran, much more dependable NHL team, uh, let alone uh, this group right now uh, that has had, you know, just a just a tough a tough stretch. As I said, just two weeks ago we were, you know, talking about getting into the playoff spot and you know, here we are and it just feels it just feels really tough. One other note from Jason, by the way, again, puckluck.com. Uh, I you know, highly recommend it, you know, being something you have saved in your browser. Uh, he followed up the tweet about the points percentage and winning 13 of 18 to get to the projected playoff cut line of 94 points. <laughs> he followed that tweet up with, for what it's worth, I ran 330,000 season simulations today for puckluck.com, and the Sabres made the playoffs minus 1% of the time. <laughs> So look, you know, again, that that target can be moving depending on results around you, but you know, there's a lot of traffic now between the Sabers and the Islanders and the Penguins. They still have some games in hand on the Islanders, and and I guess to an extent control their destiny with the Islanders if they were to sweep them. They've got one, you know, or sweep them. They've got one more game left with them, and the three games in hand. So like conceivably, they could catch the Islanders. Um, you know, if the allergies sort of stand still, but the lead they have um, and the form the Sabers are in, it just makes it makes it hard. He, here's here's my concern, and, and Zach, you can you can maybe chime in here if you're if you're available and willing to. 
I, I think it's it's not just the performances at home that have me worried. Because, um, again, you know, young team, um, you know, the pressure. Like, there's, there's a lot of variables and a lot of things that I think these guys, at least at this level, have not been through before. And hopefully they just need to sort of work their way through that. But what what I what I am so I mean that's a concern and it's a valid one and if you are carrying that around uh, I I'm I'm not here to argue with you um, I, I just feel like that will sort of work itself out over time and you know by next year when everybody on this team is another well 18 games from this season and however far we get into next year um, you know it's more experience I think will help them find you know, some semblance of, if not their best game night to night, something approximating it. Because right now there's just so much variance between them on their game and not on their game that it, it just it can be hard to watch at times. So, look, I, I, I buy that as a concern. But my, my bigger issue here in the last week or so, I guess going back to the Boston game, which was, what was that, last Thursday night? Um and last night, I've got, I mean, Paul said it. I, I wasn't on the air for the Boston game. I watched most of it from Costa Rica because I'm a psycho. That's how I am. And Paul said it. Like, they just they just quit. Like, I asked him, how hard do you want to be on Lukanen for Thursday? You know, seven goals, five of them scored with him in the net. And Paul said, really, not much at all because you had a 3-1 game, 3 nothing game, and – you know the goalie, the goalie out, got a couple goals, and then he goes back and gives up a couple more goals, and the team sort of quit, or maybe just flat out quit, not sort of, just quit around him. And boy, last night it is hard to avoid using that way to describe what happened in the final 10, 11 minutes of that hockey game. I mean, they just—I mean, you listen, goaltending is an issue for this team. There's no question about it. But you do not. Just leave your guy in a shooting gallery like that. And that is, you know, two times in, in a week that they just, I don't know, stop, stopped. I don't want to say stopped caring, but I don't know, maybe that's right. They just didn't have it in them to, to dig in and try to, you know, make the best of it. I'm not saying, like, get momentum for the next game by winning the last 10 minutes or anything, but, like, how about you don't just keep giving up breakaways and two-on-os and unchecked one-timers to allow the score to get completely embarrassing. Um, that is troubling because I think at any level of hockey, you should have, especially on a team like this one that describes itself proudly as being really tight-knit, right? The chemistry's great. The vibes are really good. How in the world do you do that to your goalie? How do you just leave him there like that? Again, I know he was not good. I mean, 10 goals went in. Okay, so Comrie did not have a good night. I'm not defending his performance. But what he faced in the last 10 or 11 minutes of that game just should not happen. That should not happen in junior hockey. That should not happen in high school hockey. This is the NHL. Uh, That was embarrassing. And that, that worries me because... That's twice in a week you had that same sort of thing happen, and I find that I find that kind of troubling, man. Like that that just should not should not happen. Uh, again, you know, Zach, especially on a team that is so tight like this one, you know, appears to be. 
Well, and they talk about that quite a lot as well, that it's not – it's not, I guess, for show or for the cameras or whatever. Like, they really do talk about this group being, wanting to be together. Adams got, not emotional, but a, got very close on trade deadline day talking about the group he has. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think the worst part for me, too, is because you're right. Like, it can't happen at any level. I don't care if you're five years old or 25 years old. Like, that should just never happen. You're in the middle of a playoff race. And now we're having games where it's a very, very close race. It, it's exciting. Fans are involved. And... It's the first time in a while, and they're like down like two or three goals late in the second, even, and it, the defensive structure just falls apart. You, you got you have guys. It, it looks like just not putting in a hundred percent of an effort, and then when you add on the bad goaltending, it just it's just this snowball effect that they could stop a little bit. Like there, there's only so far I think they could go because of the bad goaltending. Because I do still think they need help on the defensive side of the puck, but it's just they're allowing it to get as bad as it does. And and it's this week as well, but it can even go back to the first game out of the All-Star break with Calgary at home where they just mm-hmm. got shelled. And the goaltending needs to make a save at time, all three guys. But at a certain point, like guys, you got to help your guy out there, especially, like you said, like they talk about how often and how much they are such a close group. There are times on the ice it looks like and goes, Ah, but are like you guys leaving a few of those people out there? Like, are are some of them not really your friends? Like, what's going right. on here? Right. Yeah. Like, you you could watch last night's game, and I am not at all trying to start something, but like they played the third period, like they hate Comrie, and, and like I don't, that, that guy, I don't, I'm not here to assert that that's an actual thing, but that's how it looks when you put forth that kind of an effort. Um, it, it just leaving him out there like that is is just sort of stunning. I mean, I. I I would have never let him myself. I mean, I, I do sort of – I understand what Granado is talking about when he says, you know, there, there was a point there where it's, you know, it's a game again, so you're not going to make a move then. And then once you're into, like, the final ten minutes, like, what are you even doing here? You're going to pull him now? Um, that, that just would be weird, you know. Like, that's almost more offensive to the goalie. But then, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, he just, just keeps piling up. Like, holy cow, get him out of there. We're not, am I watching Patrick Waugh here uh, one last time at the forum? Like, what is even happening? Um, so, like, I, I would have pulled him after the first, honestly, Comrie. I, I, I didn't think he had it. Um, and the team certainly didn't appear to have it. So let's go for the old shake him up routine, right? Like, let's do something to try to affect this outcome. I mean, you had a, a terrible end of the first period with those two goals. Of, you know, great, Greenway answered late, but, you know, two goals in the, inside the last minute um, to, to, to put the put yourselves in a 3 nothing hole, ultimately 3-1. I, I just – I would not have let him come out for the second. That's where I would have made the change. I mean, it's awfully easy and convenient for me to say from here now, and that, like, removes the specter of this dilemma in the third period when it's 5-3 to because you've already made a switch. And, you know, so I don't know how much different the game would have been from there uh, if they'd made the change because, again, structurally there are – you know, there are there are big big problems. There are big breakdowns, and there have been frequently enough for this team most of the season. Even when they're playing well, they they get they give up some great A stuff. They are not immune to odd man rushes and breakaways and just you know uncovered guys. Uh, you know, even even when they're on their game, what what they can often do is score their way out of you know some trouble. If you know they give up three or four, they can find their way. I mean, last night, just the roof just completely fell in. So 
it it feels very much to me like you know thoughts and prayers good luck on on the playoff picture thing and and I, you know I, I don't know how how mad or or you know mad maybe isn't the right word I'm definitely disappointed because um, while there are these games left and you know we'll keep you know we'll, we'll keep doing pregame shows and uh, you know keep keep at it here uh, it, it just feels like the way these couple of weeks have gone since. That Tampa game two Thursdays ago, they followed that up with that win in Florida, and I, I think they moved into a playoff spot that night, right? And then I went on vacation, and I've come back, and here I am, and like it's just it feels over uh, to me right now, and that there is not so much anger as much as disappointment because you just like to have the race, you know. I mean, being invested in these hockey games in a way that I think. Very few, if any, fans have been at this time of the year. I mean, you can still watch all these games in any one of these 11 non-playoff seasons, probably now soon to be 12, uh, like like I do, and watch them and, you know, look for, you know, signs from this player or that player, the young guys or whatever, but you're not invested in the outcome, really. And we have been now for... I don't know what, like, you know, even before the, since the holidays, it started to feel like, okay, this is really a thing. They're in a race and we're into March and it just, boy, it's just, it's just tough when it feels like it either has crashed or, you know, all the lights on the dashboard are on. (laughs) It's, 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 if it hasn't crashed yet, you are, you are close. You are on two wheels uh, at this point, if that, with the playoff race. And and that's, that's a bummer because I think, the fans have had such a tough time staying invested, keeping their belief up in this team. And, you know, I, I feel like, Zach, they've done enough here this year to get past some of what haunts us from the past, again, 11 seasons. Um, but you have to choose to do that. Like, I, I would understand if a fan right now wants to go like, oh, yeah, thanks. I, this, this, I know it felt different. It looked different, but here we are. Same old thing. I mean, how do you come out with that performance in that game, knowing like already the week you've had, what the stakes are, it's just very hard to get past and look at the big picture. But you know, there is still a lot of worthwhile reasons i think to look at the big picture but it's hard when you lose 10 to 4 like that at home it just gets really really challenging i i that's kind of where like i'm at like last night i didn't get to watch a lot of the game live i was running errands so i'm kind of getting the updates as they go and and that was its own like level of disheartening you know moments is like the goals keep coming in and i'm like all right like are we gonna score like what's going on here like is my phone wrong and stuff like that (laughs) but i I guess my biggest thing here is like i think the positives are there like you know tage thompson really became a a, a serious you know force on the offensive side of the puck darlene fully emerged and, and, and and all that stuff cousins as well i think almost like the worst thing this team did was give a little bit of life to a playoff chase like if the standings were like last year where it's like, all right, there's really no there's really no hope here. We know what the standings are gonna be, you know, in December. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been easier to digest what is happening. Because ultimately this team is still a few defensemen behind, definitely a goalie behind. Like they have pieces to add. This is not like the Bills last year going to the draft going, I don't know what they can add. They can just draft mm-hmm. whatever they want. Like this team has needs. But almost making the playoffs and then adding on a really bad home record. 
I can understand why a lot of people would leave this season disappointed. I know Jeremy from our morning show, he had a poll up that kind of asked people, like, are you are you disappointed? Are you happy? And, and I think for the most part, people said they were happy with the season. But I would never chagrin anyone for, for being mad at the season because it's like, well, if you went to a home game, you likely saw just a whooping, not in the way you wanted. <laughs> right. And then the end of the season, just as you got excited. I mean, I remember I was having a conversation with my uncle, like, right after the game. And, like, we would talk, like, you know, sporadically about the Sabres games. But a lot of it, it winds up being Bills and UConn women's basketball. Like, that's our sports talks. Mm-hmm. And, like, he out of nowhere was like, so the Sabres, man. Like, he like, giddy about it. And then, like, the next game they lost. And it just, it has not felt right since. Like, they just, they were, there was that moment of high. In an immediate crash and burn. It, 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 and I think that's where I, I can imagine a lot of people are having that sour taste in their mouth. Yeah. We'll spend some time on this during this opening hour of the show. If you've got any thoughts on, you know, how, how, how concerning is it that you've got a team that looks to me like, and, and boy, their coach last night sure sounded like he thought they gave up in the final 10 minutes of that game. Uh, the way he sort of apologized for, for Comrie being hung out to dry. He didn't use exactly those words, but, I mean, boy, I, I, I think it's pretty clear what he was telling you in trying to explain away Comrie giving up those 10 goals. Um, you know, that's twice in a week. They've just sort of, eh, you know, when's the next game? And, look, I, 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 I understand that mentality, um, to an extent, because you know, you know, you're not coming back in this one. But to just leave your goalie out there like that was really, really troubling to see. E- e- even a goalie that has you know been as uneven as really two of their three. I mean, I feel like Anderson on balance has has been you know pretty rock solid uh, this season when he's played. But tr- troubling, troubling sign to me that they've sort of quit on themselves and on their teammates twice in a week in a playoff race. 803-0550 is the number you want to get in on uh, that conversation. We'll talk more about this, too, uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Paul Hamilton is going to join me for the hour from 5 to 6, and so we'll get his thoughts on on everything that we've already just talked about here between myself and Zach. Um, but we'll, we'll, and we'll keep going on this for the balance of this hour as well. 4 o'clock, Joe Marino, Draft Network and Locked On Bills podcast. He's a regular on our morning show, uh, but we're double-dipping with Joe because really since he started a regular gig with our morning show, we haven't talked to Joe, and I miss him, and I have a feeling maybe our audience misses him. So we'll get the lay of the land as we head into free agency next week in the NFL and the draft from Joe Marino. That's at 4 o'clock. Our Sal Capaccio's uh, State of the Bills series continues at WGR550.com. Today's installment's on the defensive tackles. And we'll get Sal on at 4.30 to talk about that position group as well as sort of preview, you know, the tampering period, which opens up on Monday. And then, of course, free agency flies for real on Wednesday next week. So we'll preview that with Sal. Then Paul, as I said, from 5 to 6, back into the Sabres as well. But time for you right now, if you're into it, 803-0550, again, is the phone number. Mike Shope has the day off today, along with Zach Jones and Joe Kelly at the controls. I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I can just speak for myself. I uh, was hesitant out there. I um, wasn't sure if I was... If I, I wasn't gonna go or not in certain situations I was sloppy yeah it's not okay uh, you can only look yourself in the mirror and move on that is Sabre defenseman Rasmus Dahlin talking about last night's brutal beatdown at home yet again 10 to 4 in an NHL hockey game 10 to 4 it just, it just does not happen but Joe, Joe, Joe had it in the update at 3 o'clock uh, there was an Ottawa game in November of 05 that they lost I think 10 to 4 was that score too it's the last time they gave up 10 goals and I remember that game being a game where in the morning they found out Ryan Miller had suffered sort of a freak thumb injury in maybe the morning skate and they, you know, this was before that team. This is 0506 Sabres now that, of course, you know, lost in the conference finals in Carolina, you know, and really turned into like two years of the best seasons the Sabres ever had. November of 05, that had not really taken hold yet. They, they had not really taken off. And I remember watching that game feeling like, wow, this team is playing like someone killed their dog. I cannot believe what's happening here. But they they got going after that, and, and Marty Baron had to play a long stretch because Miller was out, and he got hot, and they sort of got off to the races after that. Um, I, don't know, I don't bring that up to say, like, that's about to happen here or anything. There's not a lot of runway left. That's November, and this is already, we're, you know, we're the 10th of March here. Very tough game. Zach, do you think Dalene? I know he said pretty vehemently last night that he is not playing hurt, but he did miss some time while I was away and came back, and I don't know, he's been stuck on 14 goals for a while. Not that that's the only measure, but I wonder just how healthy guys that are in the lineup are, let alone guys like Alex Tuck who are out of the lineup. I don't want to speak in like absolutes and get myself caught there, but like I think he's absolutely lying. I think he's definitely playing with some ailments because like you can tell he's playing a little bit not the same. It's not coming to him as easily as it, as it would. He clearly seems to be. I don't want to say like protecting himself because that be playing scared, but just definitely not. I think fully trusting his body yet. You you can kind of tell he's playing a little bit back. So I I think he's playing with something. Yeah, and you know it makes sense. I mean, he he talked there, and I and I heard more of his interview last night, and you've heard Granado echo the same types of things. 
that, you know, there's a hesitancy there and frustration there. And, you know, a lot of that might just come with the pressure. Like, I've said it for maybe the entirety of Granado's coaching career. Like, the challenge of coaching a team with no stake at all in the standings, which is basically the job Granado had for the entirety of last year and when he took over for however many games were left in that in that season when Kruger got dumped, um, it was just, you know, let's find out what we've got here, you know, get these little pet projects, let's make Tage Thompson a center. I mean, that worked really well, obviously. Um, but it's a lot of this is new. Like how Granado is even handling himself in this setting might be it might be different. He might be exactly the same, but the players are feeling differently because of the pressure. Like pressure can just have a lot of funky impacts on people who are not used to it. And I know that sounds ridiculous for hockey players. I mean, they've been playing in pressure situations their whole lives, but this is this is a whole nother thing. This is you're a pro. You're 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 playing for a contract, or you've got a contract, and there's expectations, and you don't want to let everybody down. And I think maybe a lot of these guys are tangled up, and that could be leading to some of this frustration and hesitancy that Granado is referencing. But I'm I'm really wondering about whether Darlene is a hundred percent here, because um, you know a lot a lot of guys I I think would feel like you know I can do it, so I'm going to get back as soon as I can. The team needs me, that kind of thing. And um, I just wonder about how how that is. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see him go through the rest of this season and then at the end of the year find out that there's this or that wrong. That that happens with almost every hockey team every year. Anyways, 803-0550, again, is the phone number. Let's uh, see if we can fire it up here. Jason is first up this segment. Hi, Jason. Thank you for calling. You're on WGR. Yeah, hi, Chris. How are you today? Good. Um, I was calling, and I, I talked to the screener. You know, two years ago, we had a chance to sign Allmark, who was in our system for at least six years developing. You know, I know money might have been an, an issue, and we ended up walking away from that. But, you know, he's having a great year, obviously, on a great team. Um, but that was kind of a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Comrie, you know, I was reading last night, like, he's bounced back and forth between the AHL and the NHL. He had a 20-game stint with Winnipeg, you know, did well, and maybe the analytics said, you know, take a flyer on him. But mm-hmm. bringing back Anderson at 40, I mean, it's a nice story and everything like that. I mean, he's an American goalie. But, you know, Lukanen, you know, we're, we're nowhere because we didn't do anything. <laughs> we didn't sign anybody. And, you know, we didn't do anything at the trade deadline. I mean, going into the year, me and my buddies were talking that goaltending is going to be an issue. It's just a matter of, you know, when is it going to rear its ugly head? Yeah, there's no question, Jason. Um, you know, the, the, the you, you could see the potential for a problem coming. Um, you know, the, the, the thing is, to me, the options that they had, like how did they end up at Comrie? They ended up at Comrie because they didn't feel like the time was right for them to get into the 5 or $6 million a year goalie market, which is, I think, precisely why they walked away from Olmark when they did. And to say it that way implies that I know that Olmark wanted to stay and not go somewhere else. It's entirely possible he was, you know, 
set to get to unrestricted free agency. And whether the Sabres wanted to pay him $5 million a year for five years, like the Bruins did, could have been immaterial. He might have just thought, you know what, I've had enough of this. You know, like just, I've had enough. This team is still sort of stuck in the mud, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not signing to stay here. And you know, good for him. He's gone to a much stronger team, and with you know better structure, better defense, the whole thing. I mean, the Bruins are the best team in the league, and so he's playing behind um, just a juggernaut, and he's having himself a fantastic year, like a Vezina Trophy type year. I think he definitely would be much better than what the Sabres have here. He was he was pretty decent numbers wise, even on some of the worst teams in the league in the years that he was, you know, playing games here for the Buffalo Sabres. So, but I I would be reluctant myself to say like that they let him go um, as much as he might have just wanted to get out of here. So like there there's that. Um, then. Fast forward, because that's two off-seasons ago now. This is his second full year in Boston. So how do they end up at Comrie? Well, same logic. You know, are we are we ready to spend big money on a goalie, especially to me, in my opinion, the goalies that were available at those price tags, like more established guys, to me, were very risky at those numbers. And some of that is borne out. I mean, Jack Campbell has been kind of a disaster for Edmonton and he got he got big money and big term to go there and he's getting outplayed like I mean it's not even close by the guy that put on a show here this past Monday for Edmonton Stuart Skinner so um committing money to a goalie even though the Sabres had it to spend to me I can defend them not doing it Comrie um you know you're right his career was and has been pretty much you know bouncing back and forth through waivers that kind of thing he did spend last year with winnipeg played those 19 games had good numbers and i think the sabers trusted that okay we can we can you know sort of extrapolate that and and get more out of a guy like diamond in the rough type of thing and he just it has it hasn't worked at all um i liked how he started the year they got banged up on the blue line his performances went south, and then he got hurt, and he's just never been looked right to me. Since he's been playing here, I, I know there's there's good games in here too, but, boy, a lot of nights to me, he just looks overmatched. He, he Like his fundamentals kind of fall apart, and the structure in his game, it just isn't there. And when when that's what you watch, if you're really watching the goalie, right, you can still get spectacular saves, and you can still get good results at times. But if your fundamentals are not sound, if you're not square, if your footwork isn't good, if you're sloppy going back to the post when you got to get on the post when guys are going behind your net and you're slow getting over to the other side when the guy goes around behind and comes out the other way and you're slow getting over because you were sloppy getting to the post, and you're t- it all just crumbles. And that's what I see in Comrie. I, I just see someone who's trying to get by, and I, I don't know if he just has not found his timing since he got back or if this is just who he's always been, but he just looks he looks overmatched. And, yes, he's in tough a lot of nights because this team structurally on defense has a lot of struggles. But they are they're basically nowhere in goal. Anderson's their best guy. He can't play more than once a week. And Lukanen 
you know, has has has, has had his struggles too. And I, I don't know that going into the offseason, this will not be the single biggest question they have to answer. Because they need lots of other things too, Zach, right? They could use, you know, an upgrade on, on, the, on the bottom end of their defense and maybe, maybe a defensive forward or two mm-hmm. or whatever. But goaltending is just going to be glaring when we get to the end of this season, I think. I just, I'm at a point, like, it is very disheartening, too, because, like, you watch maybe their best prospect in a loaded prospect pool in Devin Levi at Northeastern, and you see him putting up these gaudy numbers that are putting him in the same realm as guys like Connor Hellebuck at Winnipeg, Ryan Miller, in terms of college goalies. But it's like he's not going to be here next year. He'll almost definitely be in Rochester all year. So even that potential saving grace at goal is at best a year away. And it's yeah, just, it's ways I, off. Yeah. You know, he's not going to just come in next year right away as a rookie and be unbelievable. It's just that's, I don't want to say it's a fantasy. It's just very, very unlikely. I don't really know where they're going to go. I think their plan really was that the analytics behind Comrie would, you know, really help him out. UPL would potentially take a step forward and they would be fine for like two years. But even at the trade deadline, there wasn't really any guy they could just add. I, I don't really know if any goalies are, are for sale because a lot of them, they're somewhat treated as like quarterbacks in the NFL. If you've got one, you tend to keep them, even if you're on a bad team, because they can kind of will you to a playoff spot, which maybe you shouldn't have. And it's it, it, it's a need. I just don't know if they're going to have a way to to satisfactorily fit, like fill that need. I, I feel like regardless, yep. until we get to Levi, and of course that's a completely up-in-the-air scenario, it's still going to be this constant issue of, yeah, but what about the goaltending? Like It's it's always going to be, we want we want more there. Yeah, well, what, 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 they, what they have to, and I don't say this uh, assuming that they're just waiting for Levi to get here, but they, they definitely cannot just do that. Oh, no, no, no. Right? No. They, they cannot any longer, to me, this team, the promise this team shows, like if, if they don't do something substantial with goaltending next year, it, it would be, to me, grossly negligent. Like, this team warrants an upgrade there, and if that means somebody with a four- or five-year contract, that's not ideal. I'd like to find someone with shorter term left. But if it means having to do that, then I think you have to do that and then figure out how to fit Levi into that afterward because you can't just sit by going, I need the runway clear for this guy who still might be, like you're saying, you know, I would fully expect him, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, I haven't heard anything to, to doubt this, that he'll he'll sign, but next year's almost got to be Rochester with maybe some cameos mm-hmm. in the NHL. And then you maybe hope by twenty four twenty five he's ready to sort of assert himself in the NHL and and you know play a lot of games and maybe even ascend to being your number one goalie. To expect that next year, I think would be really rushing it, and it's a real long shot to me that that could even play out. And so, what are you doing? Like you you can't just try to leave the crease empty waiting for him to parachute in because it's too far off on the horizon and Comrie not working out like like he, he hasn't this year and Lukanen not really establishing himself that sort of leaves you nowhere. And so that's where we are. We're nowhere in goal still, I think, is where, where they are. And uh, that's a tough place to be. 803-0550 uh, is the number. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, more of your calls on the way if you are inclined. 
And at 4 o'clock, we'll shift into football. Joe Marino, the Draft Network and the Lockdown Bills podcast. Sal Capaccio will be with me and Zach at 4.30. Paul Hamilton for an hour from 5 to 6. That is what is straight ahead here on WGR this afternoon. Mike Shope has the day off along with Zach Jones and Joe Kelly. I am the Bulldog. You're listening to WGR. All right, we are airborne here on a Friday afternoon. Thanks for hanging with me. Mike Shope has the day off, along with Zach Jones and Joe Kelly producing the show today. I am the Bulldog. Uh, mostly, well, really entirely all hockey this hour. We will get to some football in the 4 o'clock hour. Joe Marino is straight ahead. And then We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Sal Capaccio after him, back to hockey in the 5 o'clock hour with our Paul Hamilton. Um, one other thing that, that stood out last night, and I, I don't know, like fans in the building maybe noticed this, and if you were watching on TV or listening here on WGR, maybe you heard it if you were paying attention to the anthems. I, I was a little stunned to hear raucous Dallas Stars fans. And you know how you can hear them is, I guess they have this thing, I don't pay attention to the anthems in the in the Dallas arena when they play, but they're one of these fan bases that yells the team nickname when the word matches in, in the anthem, so stars a couple different times, they're, they're, you could hear it on TV, and I just thought, are we are we seriously at a point where we're being overrun by Dallas fans? I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that. I'm sure it wasn't overrun by Dallas fans, but... I don't know that I've ever noticed an opposing fan base that isn't from Canada or maybe Boston as prominently the Rangers get their fans to, all right, I'll stop. But to hear them during the anthem, the Dallas Stars? Like, what is even happening here? Like, I I know we always draw, you know, fans from – uh, Southern Ontario, and, and probably even Western New York for you know fans of other teams, and you get the the odd family that maybe billeted a kid that plays on a team that's playing in the Sabers when they play junior hockey in Barrie or somewhere, and so they come down and you know they're rooting for their guy that lived with them for two or three years. Like I get that, but to hear fans like yelling out stars during the anthem was kind of jarring. I, I would not have expected there to be enough Dallas Stars fans for them to do that and have it be picked up on television, but 
that's where we ended up last night. That was that was weird. Uh, I got to say, very very strange to uh, to hear that during the anthems. Let's take a time out here. And Joe Marino, Draft Network, Locked On Bills, a regular on our morning show. He's up next after this on the Bills, free agency, the draft, all of it. As we continue, I am the Bulldog, and you're listening to WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.